Welcome to My Therapist is Out, an open space therapy collective podcast. We are your hub for queer and trans mental health care. Each episode, we'll speak with one of our therapists or collective members and chat about a mental health topic using a queer lens. And I am your host, Renee Johnson, licensed professional clinical counselor, art therapist, and founder of Open Space Therapy Collective. This week, we are chatting with therapist Kristen Crow. Kristen is a licensed professional clinical counselor in California and is a dance movement therapist. Kristen specializes in working with couples, poly and ethical non-monogamy, and sex therapy. As we dive into today's topic, please keep in mind that this is a mental health podcast and we will talk about sensitive issues. If you would like to be informed of any trigger warnings, please read the podcast description. Hi, welcome to My Therapist is Out, an open space therapy collective podcast. We have our lead therapist, therapist, Try that again. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, welcome to My Therapist is Out, an open space therapy collective podcast. We have our lead therapist with us today, Kristen Crow. Hello. Hi. And we are going to talk about how to self-care when you're first coming out as poly, which is a really important thing to take into consideration. Super. I think we... uh underestimate how much self-care is required especially in certain spaces right absolutely absolutely so before we dive in maybe we should talk about poly a little bit and what it is and how we're going to talk about it today because there's a lot of different relationship styles definitely so i think this is definitely like a uh, overview umbrella mm-hmm. of the topic instead of like a deep dive into any one of specific yeah, absolutely. And so whether it's ethical non-monogamy or polyamory or an open relationship or relational anarchy or whatever it is, we're going to kind of use this as an umbrella term um, because the self-care that we're going to talk about today really fits all of those different relationship styles. Yes. Cool. So to start off, why is it so important, especially when somebody's first coming out as poly, to really focus on the self-care piece? I think it has to do a lot with a lot of the stigma that is around this for people who might not understand and so it's an immediate pushback for a lot of people or a lot of folks right like who don't understand what it is and so if you have a more solid base that you can attach yourself to within yourself that maybe you won't be as shaken up mm-hmm for people who give you less supportive responses. Yeah. Very politely said. <laughs> <laughs> I chose my words very carefully with that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, poly relationship styles really bring up a lot in people when you're telling them. And so they may have a reaction to it that's about them and not about you at all. And so their habit may be to project whatever their preconceived notions are Mm -hmm. Um, and that can be anywhere from like that doesn't make any sense I don't agree with that Mm -hmm. does it mean your relationship is falling apart how could you are you cheating on your partner are you yeah Mm -hmm. which all sucks to hear when you finally at the point where you're like no I think I'm ready to expand the way that that I am in my romantic relationships Mm -hmm. definitely what's a good 
kind of framework to keep for yourself as you start telling your friends and family that you're going to or are in poly relationships? I feel like it has to, well, it doesn't have to. I guess my suggestion, right, would be to just feel how you feel about these things, right? Like really lean into how important these are to you and how they make you feel and just kind of use that as your touch point. Like it, it doesn't have to be about the other person's reaction, right? It's, it's you and your relationships with mm-hmm. others. I feel like that is the cornerstone of how you should get yeah. back to it. Yeah. And I really like that, like taking the time to really sit and like really ground your feet in like, this is how I feel about having poly relationship style and this is why I think it's good for me and it makes me feel X, Y, Z, whatever those good positive things are for you that you're you're going down this path and really stay in that place, um, which is easier said than done, of course, but Absolutely. taking that very intentional time before you go have these conversations. Mm-hmm. And I think also being graceful with yourself to realize that like as somebody comes at you with something that might be less than supportive, right? Like Mm -hmm. to notice what that brings up for you and then to sit with that and kind of sift through, is that something that I do feel a need to work on or is that ingrained Mm -hmm. learning that I've taken in from society or religion or wherever? Mm -hmm. Um, And just notice that those are things that you can kind of think about and take and figure out for yourself mm-hmm. but you know really staying grounded in the in the why yeah it's good for you yeah and there can be a huge range of things that can come up if somebody has an intense or negative reaction to sharing yeah what are some things that you've seen or that your clients have experienced when they're getting a negative response from somebody Ooh. I feel like there are so many things. A lot of it is the, like, the self-doubt is a big piece. The doubt um, that this is something that can work and something, um, fear that it just could start degrading into something else. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that self-doubt then questions the relationship or relationships that you do have, your ability to work through the things that come up as you start the polydynamics, um, and really can kind of be that snake that can undermine what wasn't being undermined in the first place. Yeah, it's a very insidious thought process, right? Yes. Like the things that can kind of start to creep back in. Like you think we've, you think you've done all this work, and then somebody will say the thing, and you're like, oh wait, I found some more, <laughs> right? Um, and just. Yeah, those things, they, they come up and they surprise you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might come up in one relationship and not another one, mm-hmm. depending on your attachment to that other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really great point. It's like as this, for people that polydynamics are new for, your relationship and how you relate to one partner versus another partner versus another partner are going to be really different, which then can bring up some of that insidious thought pattern that happened maybe a month ago is like, oh, wait a minute, I do feel differently about this person. Does, it, does that mean I don't care about my primary partner or my other partners at all? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then it can also come up like if your partners are different genders, right? Like sometimes it's like, oh no, it's okay because they present as this versus not this. And like, what does that mean in my own experience, right? So just noticing what things come up for you and how and when. What are some ways to notice without getting kind of overtaken by these questions or these self-doubts of, or these, these like, wait, I thought I was only into men, but I'm really now into this non-binary person, or I'm really finding myself wanting to spend more time with this woman. Like, what's a way to not get overtaken by those doubts and really just sit and be with what's happening? That sounds like a really huge practice, <laughs> <laughs> Renee. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of that is being really intentional and sometimes moving kind of slow, right? Like not just jumping into something or jumping out of something because it feels scary or hard, but sitting and being mindful and just noticing what that is. And it's okay if it takes time to figure those things out. And ideally, you would have a partner that you could also talk about these things with, right? Like, just taking it slower if you needed to. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think there's a practice that is something that I really have so much respect for in the polydynamics is things go slower and they are much more intentional and the communication skills are needed to be really good, otherwise it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And so, the the polydynamics at work aren't these like fast and fury love bomb romances because one they never work but like <laughs> it it will blow up the whole polycule or it will like rock what you have going on and if you're being really intentional you're going to bring other people in that fit um, with the whole unit that you have going on and how you want to move forward in your relationships yeah yeah, I agree with that. It is just, it's the, I have also seen, you know, like people who jump in too quickly and they bring in, like you said, like not being intentional or thoughtful about the dynamics. And to be fair, like not all partners that you, you might pick might fit with another person totally. because you can't always figure that out no. off the bat, right? Um, but like you said, the communication skills are really important to be able to talk about these things and navigate how you want all of this to interact mm -hmm. with one another. Yeah. What do you need to know about your own jealousy? Because jealousy and poly are, go hand in hand. We're humans. We all have that experience. And so just because you're going and opening your relationships or expanding your relationship styles doesn't mean that the jealousy goes away. Absolutely not. So how how do you get to know that jealousy and make peace with the fact that that's a normal emotion that you're going to experience? And that doesn't mean that you've made a terrible decision and everything has gone wrong. Yeah, a lot of times it's um, kind of coming up with a plan before uh, before the thing happens, right? Mm -hmm. So if your partner is going to go out with a new person, um, it can look like knowing that that's, I already feel jealous about that kind of thing. So making a plan with your partner, what are you going to do together before 
that your partner goes out, mm -hmm. what are you going to do for yourself while your partner is out? Mm -hmm. And that can be a self-care thing. That can be a distraction thing. That can be, you know, whatever you need. Mm -hmm. And then a plan for you and your partner to like debrief, but also reconnect afterwards mm -hmm. and just kind of tailoring that as mm -hmm. you go along to see how that fits with you and a lot of times that will settle mm -hmm. I mean it doesn't eliminate but it will settle <laughs> settle the anxiety and the jealousy the really intenseness yeah in the moment yeah yeah it's very very well put is that it's not just like a one-time conversation mm -hmm. it's a practice that you have with your partner or your partners to have that intentional time together apart and together and not just be sitting at home being like, well, what are they doing now? And are they touching? Do are they touch? Like not going down that mm -hmm. spiral because it doesn't, one, it doesn't matter and it's not going to do you any good. Yeah. It doesn't serve you at all to be ruminating on any of that. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I think is important to note too is part of what I've seen anyway, when jealousy kind of settles down, is it's the people who get jealous that I'm, oh no, does this mean I'm going to lose my partner? Or they're going to leave me? Or is this mean the relationship is over? And it's the separating and coming back together happening over and over again that helps really secure that attachment to that partner and can make that relationship a lot stronger with that reassurance. Like, oh no, they are coming back. They're just going out with XYZ. And We've done this a million times and it's no big deal. Yeah. It's 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 repatterning your brain and your nervous system, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm they they are coming back. I can spend this time alone. Like it, we have that attachment to one another. Mm -hmm. Um and that definitely shows up differently with different attachment styles, but your attachment styles aren't fixed. Mm -hmm. So having that reparative experience over and over and over again. Yeah. Is important. It is. How, with most people not being in a poly relationship and being in monogamous or <clears throat> single or however they're identifying, how do you see the relationship norms showing up in media and in religion and in families and how does that tend to affect the people who choose to be in poly relationships? I feel like we're still in such like a monogamous society and that is what's really shown like prominently in things and religions tend to be slower moving in terms of progression <laughs> you're being so polite being today so, i am really polite today where is blunt kristen <clears throat> oh, i don't know um yeah so i think that like the the harder you work to unlearn some things like you are still getting the constant feedback of like monogamy is the only appropriate solution mm -hmm. right and so like I feel like it's a constant process even mm -hmm. even as you get more secure in your relationship style right yeah. that you're still gonna have this barrage of I don't even know if that was your question at this no. point yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah it absolutely is and like often you know when we see an open <clears throat> an open relationship it's usually somebody running out around on their partner and then oh I guess we're open now and it just falls apart and it's this big mess and that's we rarely see positive positive healthy poly relationships in media 
um, and it's always this like taboo shame thing and that mm-hmm. that gets in there even if you're working with it even if you're in in poly relationships for a while and they're healthy and going well and it's still kind of always going to be the feedback mm-hmm. and even and like yes even in that bigger societal context but like you still might have family members or friends who really can't accept that piece mm-hmm. and it's like well what are you going to settle down with and you're like that's not really how this is going um or even like your primary partner right like that's in air quotes for people who are just le- like not all poly relationships have primaries and secondaries and tertiaries like some of them are all, all on equal plane mm-hmm. right so that language too is difficult for even the more micro yeah levels yeah and being able to if you're like big into family and you want to bring somebody home for a holiday like how do you navigate that when the family is even families who are like trying to understand and trying to be supportive Mm -hmm. um, can be really difficult definitely yeah what are some like as there's kind of this constant feedback loop after you've been doing poly for a while, how can you continue to self-care and really, you know, stay in that cornerstone of how you do feel about it, but as that develops in this societal feedback loop of monogamous is the only answer, what are some other ways to really sink into that space? I feel like that looks different for most people, Marley, but as a general thing, I think it it comes from being really intentional, right? And just intentional and thoughtful and mindful of the relationships that you have and how they feed you and your love for that other person or other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm missing something, but brain is not firing <laughs> on whatever that other piece is. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but part of what I'm hearing you get at is is you're not alone in this process and relying on those partners or even if you have other friends that are poly and those relationships and doing a lot of processing and talking about and spending time with people who do share a similar relationship style and value set so you're not so isolated. Mm -hmm. Sure, that one works. (laughs) Is that what I said? I don't think that's what I said, but I like that. That's true. It is true. Having an expanded support system of people who can identify with that kind of can help turn the volume down on mm-hmm. some of that other mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, what about when there's like discourse within the polycule? How do you self-care then? Well, I think that comes with, that's, that's the self-care in a relationship piece, right? Like how, how do you make sure that your needs are being met, that you are being heard and you feel valued, right? Because just because you're in a poly relationship also doesn't mean that it has to be forever. Like it, there are breakups and there are disruptions to that. Um, and I think open communication and being able to practice those skills and see if you can be 
heard. Um, and doing your own personal, individual <laughs> self-care to make sure you feel like a whole person by yourself. Like, right? Like you want that in you want that in normal day-to-day -day life, <laughs> right? And that's a that's just as important to practice in relationships. Yeah. Yeah, that's that who are you as an independent person is first. Mm -hmm. And not getting fully swept up into polycool and into the relationships and having that take over the identity, your identity. Yeah, because just because you practice polyamory doesn't mean that that is your entire being, mm -mm. right? So, no. Okay. How, what are some examples of how to communicate um, with a partner or with partners when you're needing reassurance or when you're needing some more validation or self-care that are healthy ways to do that? I feel like the the most often one that comes out of my mouth is like using an I statement. <laughs> I need this. I feel this instead of you always mm -hmm. X, right? Like framing it because it is it is a need or a want from you, right? And you are hoping that this other person can meet this, but giving them also the option and autonomy to be like, that's not something that I can give you. Yeah. Right? Um but just being really open and honest about your needs and not expecting the other person to be a mind reader, not expecting, um, I guess that's the most important one. Other people can't read your mind. No. And nor can they fulfill your every need. Yeah. Like, and maybe that's just in that moment. Maybe that's what you need out of a relationship isn't something this person can provide. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I love that. Like, hey... I'm feeling some sort of way, I would, it would be really helpful for me if blah, 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 are mm -hmm. you able to do that? Mm -hmm. um, and not, you need to do this because I'm feeling like this kind of way and it's all your fault. Right. Doesn't work. I don't even want you to talk to me like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's so, yeah, definitely. Um, and also something that we, uh, my clients practice at times is the like, okay, so the thing that I'm telling myself mm -hmm. is this, you know, insert negative story, right? Mm -hmm. Can you confirm or deny that that's mm -hmm. a thing, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And so giving the other person the opportunity to be like, yeah, nobody thinks that. Yeah. That's just in your head. Mm -hmm. Like, can we deprogram that a little bit? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I love that one. And because it um, kind of takes the heaviness out of it is like, the story in my mind or the thing my brain is telling me or the thoughts that are coming up um, keeps it out of like, I think and feel this. It's just like, this is happening. Maybe, Help? maybe not. And <laughs> <laughs> um, really puts you and your partner or your partners on the same team instead of adversarial. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be combating like each other. It can be combating this thought process that yeah. won't go away. Yeah. Which, yeah often has nothing to do with what's actually happening. 99% of the time, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, let's talk about shame. Shame is a tricky one in here. What are some ways that you see shame coming up and sabotaging 
some of the polydynamics? Ooh. I feel so many ways. Like it's, it can be feeling shame for like not spending enough time with one partner or another. It can be shame for, um, or sometimes shame is imposed by other people, right? Not just on yourself. Or like, why do you do this with so-and-so, but you don't do this with me? Or, um, which I guess is not necessarily healthy communication, but happens. Yeah. Our stuff comes up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or the societal religious shame of kind of what we were talking about before. Like, yeah, I feel like shame runs rampant in a lot of different ways and it can show up a lot of different ways and if it's a constant thing then it, it can start to erode mm-hmm. the relationship that you're in i mean i even think that question of why do you do this with that person but you don't do it with me can be an expressive expression of a shame thought mm-hmm. or like what shame seed has turned into something's wrong i'm not good enough Mm-hmm. The relationships aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm going to now project this onto my partner and how we're engaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of practicing. Practicing your communication, mm-hmm. right? And like not, what is it? The nonviolent communication too. Mm-hmm. That's the word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, like it's not, it. yeah. Trying to take the blame out of these things and kind of understanding where the root Mm-hmm. is that of that is am i feeling jealous am i feeling lonely mm-hmm. am i feeling and where does that come from and why mm-hmm. yeah and the shame piece tends to usually tell me if you think i'm wrong here be something very deep rooted from many 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 years ago and many many other things um, it's rare to have shame be a current relatable thing that's happening in the moment that tends to be a really old feeling that comes up yeah i would agree with that it's and i I guess that's what i mean by like where does it come from like but a lot of times that's not something you can always come up with in the moment oh right so let me let me like take that back a step (laughs) um a lot of that is the things that you were taught growing up and the dynamics that you had yeah Mm -hmm. that that is often a Needs some work mm-hmm. and some poking at. Yeah. And something that you do really well, and I think is can be really helpful here, is figuring out where shame lives in the body. So when it comes up and you're like, oh, that like pit in the bottom of my heart is here. Wait a minute. That might not be actually attached to what's going on with me and my partners. That could be something old com- coming back up. Mm-hmm. And finding different ways to cue yourself so you can catch that and not just get rolled up in Absolutely. All of the bad feelings. Mm -hmm. So for people who have somatic cues that are easily accessible, that's great. Um, And going a little bit back to like those thoughts too, like sometimes they're just like negative voices that just yell at you over and over again. Well, whose voice is that really, right? And try and separate that from your own, your own thoughts that you have about your values and your personhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those scripts tend to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Which are ways to, like to figure out like oh this isn't this isn't actually how, what I think yeah. <laughs> this is part of something old that's yeah. just on repeat okay yeah. I actually don't think that at all yeah 
but it's that practice of catching it over mm -hmm. and over again and disrupting that cycle is hard it's really hard because you are so used to mm -hmm. that feeling or that script that like it's part of your everyday yeah. experience it's been around so long it has to be right yeah obviously because <laughs> <laughs> it's working so well it's working so well so far yeah what as we kind of wrap up what happens and we've touched on this a little bit already um what happens when somebody neglects themselves in poly relationships what do you see i feel like at that point you just start to get lost like you get lost right and you might become resentful you might become yeah like you lose because because at that point or you know i guess in general right like mm -hmm. if you neglect let me, like step back a bit if you neglect yourself in general and you just give yourself to other people your friends your family your relationship like you don't have anything left for you you feel like you are always giving and nothing is coming back to you mm -hmm. and if you have that multiple fold where you are in intimate relationships with multiple people like that can be a really draining experience where mm -hmm. like the point is that this is supposed to be fulfilling and meaningful mm -hmm. and loving and compassionate for you mm -hmm. and if you can't find that because you have given to the point where you are empty then i feel like that's more taxing than anything yeah yeah lost is a really good word for that I see a lot of people being really reactionary to all the little things that are happening and trying to be up to date with each little person on every little thing and really lost and out of balance. Mm -hmm. um, I have a client that uses polysaturated a lot uh, when they've kind of hit the point where they've realized like, oh, I've, I've gone too far and I need to really pull back and, and take care of myself. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. What are we, what are we missing as far as self-care? That it's important. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that like, and I feel like a broken record that self-care is not always like, go and get your nails done. Go and get your, like self-care is sitting and taking a breath. Mm -hmm. and stepping back before you make a decision or before you say something or react to something, right? It's it's an intentional refilling of yourself, however that looks for you. Yeah. Yeah, which is really important. That has to be something that fills you up. Yeah. Like, I hate going to the nail salon. I love getting my nails done, but, like, the 45 minutes it takes, like, is exhausting and it drains me. Um and so that's not going to work for me. But right. going on a long walk, having some time with a friend, doing things that, that are more life-giving um, will work. And it's going to be different for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it might be different depending on the day. Totally. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's self-care is great. And rest is, like, scheduled downtime is great. But if you're going to spend that whole time stressing about something else, like, it's not downtime. Mm -mm. It's not self-care. Like, mm -mm. just because I laid down on the couch for an hour doesn't mean I did self-care. It might just mean I fell on the couch <laughs> and zoned and stared at the ceiling. 
which can be helpful sometimes but like was that your intention or was Mm -hmm. it just like you collapsed to the point of like no return so an intentional refilling Mm -hmm. the best that i can describe yeah yes not a delay or a distract but an intentional refilling yeah not that there's anything wrong with those things also true but we're talking if we're talking about like actually like getting Mm -hmm. back to that and because i am a firm believer that if you don't take the time to do that your body will do it for you (laughs) yes it will (laughs) (laughs) migraines sickness yeah all sorts of things insomnia fatigue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. gastrointestinal issues all the things yeah your body will do lots of things to rebel and tell you that it's time to take a damn break yeah yes it will yeah <laughs> <laughs> not that either one of us know anything, anything about, that. about that awesome well oh. thank you so much this is um always fun to talk about and i know we have uh, several more poly alternative relationship topics coming up if you have any questions for us or want to know anything Um, please drop it in the comments or the DMs and we'll be happy to touch on those in future episodes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yay. Bye. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's topic. Leave a comment below or email us at communications at Open Space Therapy Collective. You can follow us on all of the social medias. And if you're in California looking for a therapist, visit our website at openspacetherapycollective.com and book a free intro call with one of our therapists to see if we are the right fit for you. My Therapist is Out is an Open Space Therapy Collective podcast. Our therapists are Kristen Crow, Debbie White, and Renee Johnson. Clinical consultant, Jenny Nigro. Communications coordinator, Riley Andreessen. Marketing consultant, M. Issa Messaging. Administrative assistant, Mirza Ruiz. And our podcast editing is done by Smash and Grab Studio.